0: And now, the only cure for our Basketball Jones. Hail Varsity's Jacob Padilla on the Connor Happer Show on 1620, The Zone,
1: baby. Here we are, State Basketball's on our television. Jacob's doing a pod downtown until 3.30 last night. And, uh, early this morning, and, you know, you still got to stay up and watch the suns past midnight most nights, as well as Jacob padilla of Herdhead Sports joins us now on the 42 Degrees of Source Hotline. Jacob, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Connor.
2: I'm doing all right.
1: 3 30. That was the time last night. I saw the tweet this morning.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't quite, uh, prepared for that, but, uh, Marina's got on a roll, and I had to let him go. So, <laughs> G- got some things done while I was waiting around.
1: I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but um, I w- I wonder what he got on a roll about. Yeah, yeah. Writing I guess, a story. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, just writing a story. Gotcha. Yeah. So gotcha. I, I, yeah, we, we, uh, I was ready to go like 45 minutes before uh, mm. that, but uh, yeah.
1: Uh, when's your uh when's your voyage to Lincoln today? Are, are you just leaving right after you get done with us here?
2: pretty much uh gonna kind of pack up and get stuff ready to go and head down for the the last four games today so I did two yesterday I'll do four today six tomorrow and then I have no idea what I'm gonna do Saturday because the Jays game is right smack in the middle of the day
1: yeah you you might is that gonna be a multiple trip day is that gonna be Lincoln back and then link back to Lincoln
2: yeah that's what I'm trying to decide I the the disappointing part is it's at the same time as the Class B game yeah. So um, I really, uh, potentially Britt Prince going four for four and won't be able to be there. I was there for the last three, so mm. that's that's disappointing. But I'll, I'll probably try to make it back for the Class A game at least. I don't know if so I'll go down in the morning.
1: Well, I I do have some good news for you. Uh, Minden is currently leading Bridgeport in Class C one over at the Devaney Center. I'm sure you were wondering. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, or oh yes? I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it's hard to tell.
2: Yes. <laughs> No, honestly, uh, I I know Olivia Luma's Godel on uh, on Bridgeport, uh, and obviously they're undefeated at this point. So obviously, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it right. I friend. didn't. We said yeah. that they
0: were undefeated. We said it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. But they're you. the four seed. Yeah. Obviously, they're undefeated.
2: Yeah, you, you, well, it's obvious because you said it, because everybody that's listening now, I'm sure, listens to the entire show. That's
1: right. Obviously, obviously everyone listens to the entire show, and obviously Bridgeport is undefeated. That's why it's Padilla time, because these things are obvious to us. All right, uh, let's go back to to last night where uh, Seton Hall, I don't know what they're doing, Jacob. I, I'm, I'll speculate that uh, they're trying to, they're trying to save their net ranking by not getting absolutely run out of the building last night, pressing against, you know, Creighton's like ninth, 10th, 11th guys off the bench um, down by 20 plus last night in the last like three or four minutes of the game. I, I did not expect that from Seton Hall. That, that that was a team that really didn't do much right and, um, you know, was seemed sort of uninspired in that one, too.
2: Yeah, they shaved off all of four points in the final three minutes uh, <laughs> through that method, so yep. good work, guys. Um, yeah, it was. I think I was just impressed with Creighton's level of execution and how disruptive they were. Um, they, uh, I mean, season-high steals, tied season-high for forced turnovers. They were um, really just locked into forcing Seton Hall into shots that Creighton wanted him to take. I mean, this is one of the better split that you'll see in terms of shots Creighton wanted and shots Creighton wanted their opponent to take um, and they just continue to execute throughout the game I mean, uh, Greg McDermott really highlighted Steven Ashworth's defense on Alamir Dawes making sure he doesn't get clean three point attempts um, takes over six a game he got one off last night and that really was the difference in the game because like you look at the paint and free throws complete wash it was uh, even uh, I think what forty-two apiece. piece. Uh, the difference was Creighton took thirty-two threes and Seton Hall took nine, yeah. and that equaled to plus thirty-three from the three-point line. Not
1: going to do it. Not going to do it. No,
2: yeah, you're not. You're not going to win trade mid-range twos for threes to that degree unless it's one of the worst shooting days of the season for Creighton. And coming off a rough one at uh, St. John's, they were back at home feeling comfortable and they got five different guys knocking down threes. So. That that was the difference in the game. It really just comes down to Creighton's ability to execute their offense on both ends. And Seton Hall, I don't even know what their their game plan was. Me neither. Because um, it, it, yeah, they they were like you said, they were kind of kind of a mess on both ends. Like that's like Crane hit thirteen threes, and they easily like it could have been even worse. The looks they were getting, they had a few rim out on some wide open, really good looks. Like if those had gone down, and it was Steven Ashworth missed one. Um, at the end of a really good sequence that I think would have like blown the roof off the place, like if that had gone down, just
1: mm-hmm. maybe completely
2: broken, Saint Hall's Spirits. So like it could have even been even worse than it was with the way that Cre- with the shots that Creighton was getting.
1: Max said something last night um, that he now he he said this is going back a previous game, I suppose, but the the quality of shots that they got against Saint John's was just as good or better than the ones they got against UConn. And they obviously had, you know, way, way different results. I I wonder how he felt about last night, given Seton Hall's lack of kind of execution with that. And I, I do think the point he was trying to make was, Hey, you know, all we could do is get the good shots. Sometimes yeah. they go in and, and sometimes they don't.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of the nature of sports, right? Like if everything was so predictable, if you, we're going to play to your ability level every game out, uh, sports would be a lot more boring because we pretty much know exactly what's going to happen going in. And that certainly isn't the case. And like shooting variance is a huge thing in basketball. It's just over the course uh, of a long season, you have to work. It's got to be process based. You have to continue to, to do what you believe is best and hope the results go your way more often than not. And, I mean, that's kind of what Creighton's been doing most of the season. Been a few blips here and there, and um, when those have happened, they've done a really good job of kind of bouncing back and rallying uh, what they've lost two in a row like twice all season and uh, nothing more than that. So, um, yeah, Creighton's – it's all about the kind of the shot selection. That's something that Greg McDermott has really – um kind of focused on throughout his career and it's led creighton to be the kind of team it is
1: uh jacob Adillo of Hernet sports is with us who do you who do you single out from from last night because i could think of like obviously you know trey with the double double um baylor you know he made six of ten from three but he also did some great playmaking stuff that touch pass to Kalkbrenner. <laughs> and then you have Kalkbrenner um, who just did a nice little ten for ten from the from the field last night? Like, who do you single out out of that group that you're like, wow, that was that was a that was a pretty good one from them last night?
2: Yeah, um, that's the tough thing about this team is uh, unless it's a, a game like uh, St. John's where only one guy's going, it's hard to single anybody out yep. because those three guys in particular, and you can toss Ashworth in there more often than not recently for Creighton to win or Creighton even be competitive, they're going to have big games because they play so much and they have so many possessions go through them. And um, games like last night are why this team is capable of being so good because those guys are at that level. And uh, kind of focus on all three in my recap because, obviously, you mentioned Trey, the double-double career high, 10 assists, uh, and he, he was just phenomenal. He shot one and six from three and still had a great game. Just with his decision making, with his pace, with his ability to pick apart, seeing Hall's ball screens because they, they were, uh, they were pretty aggressive. They were hedging. They were trapping. They were trying to be disruptive. They're getting in the passing lane and the driving lane. And Trey just stayed calm, uh, stayed patient, and waited till the right time and made the right reads pretty consistently. Uh, and got got called for our uh, four of those ten for ten shooting, uh, including that 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 tenth one was pretty nice, kind of. Really tough lob midair. Kalkbrenner caught it, like turned around and uh, redirected it in the basket. Um, and then mentioned Kalkbrenner, perfect day from the field and <laughs> moved into the top ten on Creighton's uh, our career scoring list, past Paul Silas. Which uh, crazy, pretty uh, pretty good company there. Uh, and he, he mentioned afterwards, like it, it's kind of crazy. He, like looks at some of those names and doesn't think he should be with those guys, but but he is. Uh, because of the career that he's had, that the work that he's done to to improve from from day one to now, uh, just in the, the shot blocking, obviously at four in there and uh, altered what Max said eight to nine more probably, and that's probably accurate. Uh, he was really impactful back there, and then, then Baylor, thirteenth uh, double double, tying what he did last year. Still with uh, with with some games to play here. He. Um, went over a thousand points just as a Blue Jay, and is the 11th player ever to hit a thousand at two different schools. And the fact that he's done in less than two seasons uh, is pretty remarkable. Um,
1: he had some great yeah. hustle plays last night, man. Even the one—well, even the one, well, one, even the one where, he, where he rolled uh, on the floor and got called for the travel. Yeah, he, yeah. He, uh, I mean, that,
2: that, that's how you could tell that like, guys were fired up last night they had multiple guys hitting the floor and winning loose balls and ripping them away jason green's offensive rebound that led to stevens three uh at the end of kind of that during during that 11-0 run they had um and then yeah baylor there's the one in the second half where he like sprinted from the wing and like jumped on a dude's back to rip the ball away yep. and like bounced off him and then <laughs> they missed a shot and he went in there flying again and the ball didn't go his way, but it was like, geez, dude, calm down. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. Um,
1: well, but, And then he yeah. tried to, he tried to yam on the guy and you yeah. know, I thought he was dead for a second. So
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he probably got whacked in the face uh, just based on his reaction. It was on the far end from us so we couldn't quite see it. But uh, Eric Francis got a pretty good picture of him uh, going for it. And it's like, yeah, he, uh, he wanted to dunk all over that dude. <laughs> uh, and you can tell it. It's just a picture. You can tell
1: everyone you made it. You know, you can tell everyone you got it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Kind part. of like that. Emmett Johnson, uh, over,
1: uh, yeah, rule, right. There you go. Exactly. Right. <laughs> we were talking about this. I guess we've been talking about it for the last couple of days. Um, as we, as we sort of gear up for the postseason and think about some of these teams, um, and, and how they've ended their seasons, but what they were like during them. these, these three, the three that we've mentioned all year, Trey Baylor, Kalkbrenner, um, you would be a good person to ask who who out of if you took three from another Creighton team, who would they like definitively lose to? Because I think my answer is nobody. <laughs> that's that's probably right. Just
2: in terms of like how well-rounded and complete these guys are, cause, um, so like like Doug obviously you put him on his own, and then so yeah, uh, Roggy and Gibbs, Gibbs would probably be that trio there. Yeah, um, I mean that Doug can win you that by himself, and uh, true, and you got Doug and Ethan out there that makes it tough for Kalkbrenner just in terms of what he does defensively. Like who who are you putting Ryan on there, and how how can uh, how can you have him in position to help if those are the guys that he's out there with? Um, obviously, we're we're talking trios here, so it's like hard to compare exactly. Uh, right, but, but then you could you yeah. could do
1: like a fourth two, like if you threw in Ashworth yeah. and then you threw in yeah. like Managa from that team. Why
2: don't we care, uh, compare five to five, like? That's how they play, right, Connor?
1: I guess I, it is basketball, after all.
2: So basically, we're saying what's uh, what team would you take over this one?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess I am asking that question. Which team would you take this one or, or the Doug team?
2: Again, that matchup problem worries me. Just in terms of putting five shooters out there and how how are you how are you going to maximize Colt Brenner defensively uh, against that group? That's true. Uh, but I, so I, I think I'd probably say that this group wins more often. Like if we're going to series, but um, Doug's team, uh, Doug's obviously good enough to win. And again, with, with Rocky, Rocky's on a heater on top of what Doug's doing. Like those guys can beat anybody, but Baylor probably. Um, so yeah, it's just the, the fact that Creighton has put together another team like this. Um, we, we talked about the, the, the Mo Watson team that whose run was ended prematurely how good that team was
1: nineteen twenty
2: uh, yeah uh, yeah that, yeah that was the next one was again winning the Big East title and obviously the that season also cut short for multiple reasons um, and then now this group again like just the fact that they continue to put together these these groups that are capable of these kind of runs and playing as, as well as anybody in the country testament to uh greg and the program that he's built in several different eras now and each team plays very differently but they still find a way to have success and ultimately can like you still got the kind of the let it fly brand throughout but each of these teams embraces it differently and kind of um has their own unique style and that's been fun to watch
1: we were making this point too earlier like I i just they they always get better throughout the year too. I mean, it's it's not that long ago we were thinking, "Man, I just don't know, do they, you know, do they have that that edge? Um what's going to happen with point guard play?" And it just kind of has been a a steady climb. And they've this group has been about as good as they are right now with maybe a couple blips on the radar since I don't know. Last week of January, probably when you go back, maybe go back to that triple overtime first Seton Hall game, um, which is about the midway mark of the season. But how many times have we looked back and we thought, "Man, I, I think they're playing just aside from the injury seasons with either Watson or Crumple or whatever, where they're playing their best, like literally right now when it goes into Padilla time."
2: <laughs> yep, and uh, and they're they're up to they're. 12 at, uh, Kempom. They are, um, what are they? 12 in the net as well. Um, they're in position to, to give themselves a chance to make another really memorable run here. And it, it's wasn't looking like that. So basically they're, they're in position or close to what we thought they could be heading into the year. Um, when mid season, it wasn't feeling that way, uh, they, they lost the 3-4 of four stretch there and went 0-2 to start league play, and um, then you're thinking, oh, wh- wh- what is this team? Um, but, yeah, it's. I think the viable lesson is, again, you, you can probably trust in Greg McDermott's teams to, to get better uh, throughout the season, and um, they they make pretty good decisions with the players that you to bring in to the program and to plug into to spots. And Stephen Ashworth took some time to adjust. And I think that's, in general, when you're evaluating college basketball, with the uh, proliferation of impact transfers at so many teams, I think it's never going to be wise to judge a team completely off the first half of the season. you got to wait to see everybody kind of settle in. And Creighton has certainly settled in over the second half year And now kind of everything uh, is in front of them, all their goals
1: um so marquette's up on saturday uh obviously you know these two teams have played um a lot of fun games over the years and creighton was like we've talked about a very different team on december 30th um when they played up there and marquette might be a little bit different we don't know the status of tyler colick for saturday i guess what are we what are we looking at for uh saturday afternoon senior day
2: yeah that's it's so hard to know what to think about this game now because of the, the Colec oblique strain situation hadn't, haven't seen anything about how serious that they might think it is, uh, or what his status could be. Um, I think heading into it is a huge game, a huge opportunity, a uh, chance to add another blue chip win to your resume. Um, they've got Yukon now to go with that Alabama win. Uh, Marquette's 11 in the net, um, 11 in Ken Palm as well. So again, another, chance to add a third top 15 win to that group uh in terms of the metrics uh to, to kind of put at the top of your resume as you, you state your claim for uh three seed uh and and beyond there and feel great about the way that you're playing going in avenge a loss from earlier in the season uh, and now it's, it's like i don't even know how you prepare for that game because of what like means to them yep. and they don't Matt mentioned this on the pod. They don't really have another point guard. Like, uh, Osogo Godaro, their center, is their other playmaker, <laughs> and they, they run stuff through him. So, like, if Kolek, Kolek's
0: not available
2: at all, like, that's that's a huge bone that completely changes um, the, the look of that game. So, I don't really know what to think about now outside of it's the, the last chance to see Baylor Shireman play in a Creighton jersey Potentially last chance for Trey Alexander and and Ryan Kalkbrenner. Uh I, I think the fans will probably uh, show up to uh, to show their respect and appreciation for what those guys have, have done in Blue Jay jerseys. Um, but in terms of the actual on court game, it's it's hard to hard, kind of hard to evaluate at this point just
1: with the unknowns. Yep, big mystery. Uh, Jacob Adil of Herdade Sports. All right, Jacob. Uh, have fun today, and we'll. We'll see you at some point on Saturday. You'll be uh, running off of pure Mountain Dew at that point, probably.
2: Uh, yes, sir. I'll uh, sh- should be fun. Uh, it's not a little tired.
1: Thanks, dude. Sam Jacob Adilov heard at sports. Obviously, obviously. Uh, I don't even know the girl. The name of the girl he was talking about. I didn't even. He just, he could have said anything. Yeah, it was like, yeah, obviously. What's her name on Bridgeport? I'm just gonna say a girl's first name and make up a last <laughs> name, and they're not gonna know. Those two dum dums. And he's hey, right. By the way, one more thing that on on Creighton that we didn't um, get to with Jacob there. Like we talked a little bit about how they got how they've gotten better throughout the year. Um, you know, remember what the main talking point was? Even when they were having that. You know, some success there after they lost those first two conference games, right? They beat Georgetown Providence, DePaul, St. John's. But we're thinking during that time, and it was especially exacerbated in the uh, Seton Hall game, the first Seton Hall game, the triple overtime game. The bench. Is the bench going to be able to help us? Can Ryan Kalkbrenner play 75 minutes a game? Can Baylor Shireman do that? You know, like, remember that whole stretch where Baylor never came off the court for like four games? Well, he's still not coming, you know. You you don't want to take Baylor Shireman off the court, but they have now had moments from whether it's Bellow or I know Mason Miller is not a benching a bench guy, but I think he's in that role player conversation. And then two threes from Trout last night to sort of open things up, and then he got the third later on. Um and then you you pair that along with the Massive improvements of Steven Ashworth this year. And of course the now constant steady contributions from one Jason green who made probably three or four more hustle plays last night, grabbed him an offensive rebound, tips some stuff out, draws a foul. you like, you know, they're, they, they have a lot of that now. And it just goes to show you that, you know, it's, it's it's kind of a nitpick. Obviously it's a thing, but it's kind of a nitpick on a team that's pretty good if you're if you're looking at the bench and you're like, hmm, these guys. That's why they won't win in the NCAA tournament. No. That's not it. But it's certainly nice to have. And they You always feel great when you get a something from those guys. Yep, they're getting contributions uh from there right now, that's for sure. All right. Uh we'll come back. Michael Brunts will join us at the bottom of the noon hour. We still have Josh's Top five poll questions of the month of February. We're going to talk about Nebraska basketball. Uh, The NFL Players Association report cards are out. How important is it to have an all-time great head coach and an all-time great quarterback? Turns out pretty important. You can overcome a lot. We'll give you more on that next on 1620 The Zone.
0: Terms apply.